Hello, everyone. You're listening to another episode of the Print Life Podcast, and today I'm going to be talking about 10 tips to building out a solid bio as a fashion print designer. Coming off all of our chats around building a landing page or a website, as well as when you submit a portfolio to a potential client or studio, I thought it would be very helpful to cover what I find are the 10 key areas that you should think about when writing a bio as a fashion print designer. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Print Live Podcast. I'm Leslie Kinahan, owner and creative director at White Buffalo Studio and founder of the Print Life community. This podcast was created to offer insight into the hidden world of print design. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to attract dream clients, increase sales, and build a sustainable business that you love, you're in the right place. With over a decade of experience, I'll be covering all things surface pattern and print design, sales, marketing, and mindset to support designers in growing a creative business. Whether you're freelance, in-house, or just getting started, I've got you covered. Welcome to The Print Life. Hello, everyone. So today we're going to talk about 10 tips for writing a solid bio in fashion print design. This could work as well for surface pattern designers in the home space or even if you're a designer um, in the licensing space. This is mainly to do with keeping things interesting, engaging, and really aligning to the right clients and pulling them into wanting to learn more about you. Number one, you want to start with deciding on how you're going to be speaking to your audience. Is it going to be casual or more formal? And the key there is just really trying to give off a bit of who you are as a person, as a designer in this industry, are you, is your style a little bit more casual, laid back, or is it a bit more high-end or formal, right? Another part of deciding on how you're going to speak to your audience is deciding on whether or not you're going to say I, he or she, or we. And it's basically the tense that you use when you're talking about your business. I have a website for myself, and when I speak from that website, it's in the first person. I say, hi, my name is Leslie. I talk very casually to my audience about who I am, as if I'm sitting in the room with you having a conversation, right? And then on our studios platform, I speak like I'm talking about the studio. So just from a completely different perspective, because we're more of a team or a consignment team, it's not just me. So I don't speak from myself. I talk about the studio as its its own thing. I say White Buffalo Studio is a print design studio that provides artwork to companies and apparel brands all over the world, right? So that's number one. Just decide first how you're speaking to your audience. And that will help you to get in the right headspace to begin writing the bio. Number two is decide on who you're speaking to. And once you figure out who you're speaking to, a lot of the writing will come with a lot more ease as well, including the terminology you use, the way you're talking to them. And what I highly recommend is whether this is on your website 
or it's in your portfolio or it's on a social media platform that you choose one who you're speaking to person, whether this is like an avatar or an idea of an ideal client, and you always speak to them. So whether you're writing a post on Instagram or you're emailing or you're writing on your website, that you're always speaking kind of to that ideal client. It will make the the discussion, the conversation a lot easier and it will be a lot more clear to the potential client that you're speaking to them. So some ideas of who you might be speaking to would be Are you reaching out to art directors or are you reaching out to potential clients who may want to do custom commissions with you? Are you reaching out to a studio you want to do consignment work with? Are you trying to get an in-house position or do you have a product line or a fabric line and you're speaking to the general public, right? And even when you're speaking to the public, you still want to have some subset or segment of the public in mind, an idea of a group of people who you're speaking to within that general public to make it easier to speak to them as well. So decide on who you're speaking to and then always envision them when you're writing because it will make the things you say come out a little bit easier. Number three is having a focus or an intent right behind what you're saying. And this will come through in the types of work you want to do and what you highlight when you're talking about what it is you do in the industry. It will come through in the way that you highlight accomplishments that focus on that specific thing you want to do within the industry, right? For example, if your craft or your focus or skill set or market happens to be swimwear and you have worked with some key brands in swimwear, this would be a good place to highlight those accomplishments and that shows the onlooker, the person reading, that that's your focus and that's also where you have accomplishments. That's also what you're good at and what you find alignment to, right? And that right away will pull in the right type of clients to your space. This could also be by, let's say you are really interested in doing children's wear, um, but your unique perspective might be that you've worked with very specific kids brands for a specific reason. You could highlight this at that time as well. Just basically having some sort of intent or focus within the way that you're talking about what you want to do, what you do, or accomplishments that you've had in that space that should all feel like it's in alignment to the work that you continue to see yourself doing in the future. Oftentimes when I read a bio or I read somebody's website, I will see them highlighting things that they've accomplished throughout their career that perhaps have nothing to do with the work they want to continue forward with or nothing to do with why I'm on their website. And that can just end up adding a lot of noise to your bio that doesn't necessarily need to be there. And this will come down to being really good at editing yourself so that the things that shine through are the things that you want to continue to do as you move forward in your career. Number four is differentiation. What is it you do that sets you apart in this space? Do you have a strong point of view about something? 
What are your values and core beliefs? Perhaps like we were discussing before, having that focus or that market or highlighting accomplishments, maybe the accomplishments could be how you've worked with sustainable companies to make change in the industry. And that can also be how you differentiate, how you set yourself apart. And it's also part of your values or core beliefs. Differentiation could also be the way in which you work with your clients. Perhaps you take them from start to finish, you hold their hand all the way through the custom commission process and you deliver things a certain way. That could be how you differentiate yourself. You could provide CADs or tech packs or perhaps mock-ups or, you know, maybe you're really good with trend forecasting and you incorporate, um, a one-off specific to the client mood board along with delivering the print that you're going to custom do for them. And that's like kind of the added bonus of working with you is that you do deep dive into the clients that you're working with to provide a bit of guidance and support that comes along with that final product that you're delivering, which is the commissioned print, right? It could be the differentiation could just be a little bit of a taste of what you're like to work with or what that process looks like or maybe a very particular skill set that you have. Like maybe you've been doing watercolor for 30 years and you have just mastered watercolor. So you can speak to that as part of a skill set that will set you apart. Differentiation could be anything from medium to print style to values and core beliefs, strong point of view, um, types of brands you love to work with. Um, it could be anything that you feel strongly about that can kind of cut through the noise and make you a little unique to the client, right? Number five, giving us a quick peek of who you are outside of what you do, outside of work. Are you somebody who enjoys cooking? Are you a mom? Do you like yoga? Do you like to be in nature? Maybe you rock climb or you do something like kind of extreme that you can inject in there to the bio that's kind of like, oh, wow, that's cool. You know, just something that begins to build the know, like, and trust factor, something that makes you real, some way that I can connect with you beyond the print design, right? Um, it could even, you could even include it in a way where you're also discussing what it is you do do in the industry, right? Like when I'm not hiking or camping, you can find me with a paintbrush in hand, hair in a messy bun, listening to my favorite album while creating original artwork that is trend driven and client led for my favorite clients. And then you could have a couple examples of your favorite clients right beneath there. And that could be a way that you're popping in some highlights that are in alignment to more of the type of clients you want to work with, right? Because that'll pull them in there as well. So just a little peek at things that you love to do beyond the designer, right? Just a little bit of getting to know you. It can be short and sweet, right? It could be that you're a mom and you do what you do so that you can be home with your children and you love that you can be creative anytime you like and also be a present mother. Um, it could be that you love doing yoga or you love the outdoors and you love incorporating in those elements and those feelings into the work that you do, 
right? It could be about unifying things about you outside of work with the things that you do in your work to bring them together, to give that uniqueness, that uniqueness, um, that essence of the work that you do and giving us a little bit of a peek into why the work feels that way, right? Next is having a call to action. Your call to action will look different depending on where the bio is. I always recommend writing one main bio and then tweaking the bio for all the different platforms. And depending on the platform will depend on your call to action, right? So on your website, if you have a bio, this should be your main bio on your website. The call to action should be get in touch. Because once you've pulled them in, you've told them a bit about you, you want them to reach out to you for a custom commission, to shop your online store, to learn more about working with you, to pitch you a project, whatever the case may be, you want that call to action right after your bio. Learn more about you, take a look at your portfolio, apply to shop your online store, or get in touch. Something that asks them to do something to take the next step with you. If your bio has been modified for LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, the call to action may be, take a look at my website, right? And then you take them over to the website. The modified bio on your Instagram page, that would be keyword heavy, right? As we talk a lot about in the Print Life membership, you want it keyword dense. So you would really modify it for Instagram. And then on Instagram, your call to action would probably be taking the viewer either to your website or to a links page or to your link tree, right? Your bio, if it's modified for Pinterest, the call to action is to either look at your feed or go to your website. Um, so it's really going to depend on where you're putting your bio will depend on the call to action. If the bio is in your portfolio, you probably just want a click through somewhere in the PDF portfolio that says to view more behind the scenes of what I do in the studio, take a look at my Instagram or follow me here. You want them to follow you somewhere, engage, be, become a part of your community, right? Because you know they're going to come back and look at the portfolio. So it's okay to click away. I like to say when you're on your website, you don't want them to leave your website unless you're sending them somewhere to buy something from you. So the call to action on your website would be to get in touch with you. The call to action on the portfolio could send them to Instagram and that would be okay. Next would be scale or font changes. And this is basically visual interest when it comes to your bio so that I don't get bored and just see this like kind of standard block of text, but I see some variance in the size of the kind of key areas of the bio or highlights, or you play with font changes to make it just visually more appealing so that I want to continue reading it. And we talk about this um, in the Print Life templates, and this is about having basically one kind of larger font for your name, and then a little bit smaller beneath that would be your role right? Which is creative director, service pattern designer, fashion print designer, whatever your role is as a creative in your space, you would put that beneath your name a little smaller, and then you'd have your body text, right? But you want to break up your body text either with a highlight or changing the font size so that there's a little bit more visual interest going on than just a block of text. Because 
honestly, nine times out of 10, if I just see a big block of text or two or three paragraphs, I'm not going to read it. Whereas if I see a bio that has your name, your role, a little bit about you, and then a highlight that's a little bit bigger, and then a little bit more about you and a call to action, I'm probably going to read the whole thing. So giving that visual ease, I guess, on our eyes when we're looking at the bio, something that draws me in, that makes it digestible, it's easy to get through, it doesn't look overwhelming um, to look at, right? That's what you're going for here. And you can really play with that when it comes to your website. Whereas obviously with LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, it's going to be a little bit more standard um, because you're going to adjust it based on what a bio should be on those different platforms. So this is more speaking to just your website where we have those scale changes and font changes for your name, your role, the body of your bio, and then that call to action. Next, what I find to be a really important piece to have with your bio is a photo of you. While it's really lovely to see an overview of you working on something or your studio or a fabric mock-up or a work in progress, and while those should definitely be included throughout your website, in your Instagram feed, and in other places, making that connection to putting the face to the name is really important. It makes you real. It starts to build no like trust. It it really does help with connection to have a photo of you. And I know a lot of us tend to shy away from including photos or we don't like photos of ourselves. I know I'm speaking from experience because I've been using the same photo for a long time um, because it's the only one I like, but it can really help boost that connection when you have a photo to go along with your bio. Number nine, you want to keep it short and sweet. While having a CV or a resume can be important, especially when reaching out for a potential job or reaching out to a studio, a bio shouldn't read like a resume, shouldn't read like a CV, right? It's basically like bullet points or a highlight reel. It's a handshake. It's a meet and greet. It's a moment where you introduce yourself to somebody and you get to know them a little bit at a party and then you move on and keep talking to other people, right? You wouldn't walk into a party, get introduced to a few people, and give them your whole life story. You would say, hi, um, I'm Leslie. Where do you live? Where do you live? Oh, what do you do? Like it would be little bits and pieces here and there. And that's kind of what a bio should feel like. It should feel like these little moments, these pieces of you that fit together nicely, that give somebody a pretty good idea of who you are, what you do, and what it would be like to work with you. It gets them to understand a little bit about who you are, your point of view, your perspective, and how I can get in touch with you. And that's really all your bio needs to do. So short and sweet. It's really a highlight reel. It should keep their attention when they're reading it. You want them to want to take the next step with you. And I think that keeping things short and sweet really lend themselves to people wanting to take the next step. And you get the right people to come in and to answer that call to action when you keep it short and sweet. Finally, number 10, this will depend on where you're at in your career. But I think oftentimes having some sort of a timeline that lets people get to know you a little bit more can be helpful as well. Like how long have you been in the industry What did you do before you came to this industry? Basically how you got from there to here, right? 
So this could be an example of this could be, you know, after 10 years as a graphic designer in the corporate world, I started learning about surface pattern design and fell in love. I love applying the principles of graphic design to layout and balance when I'm working with clients on print design. I find that there's a beautiful union there and love um, how they overlap. You know, it, it doesn't have to be that long, but just to give you guys an idea of how you can pull a timeline into your bio. It could be, you know, after years in the fashion design world, I I fell in love with fashion print design and never looked back. Whatever it is that you give a timeline for can support you in how you're working in the industry with clients now. So whatever the timeline is should work somehow in supporting what you're doing now. It should work in kind of unifying who you were, who you are, where you're going, and kind of give a little bit of um, credibility to the added expertise you may have in this area of the industry now, right? Because you've done these other things and now you apply them to this area of business and you love how they work well together, right? I think that that can be a really interesting part of a bio if it applies to you. It may not apply to everybody, but I find that a lot of graphic designers have the opportunity to do this or even fine art, fashion design, because what it does is it shows that you have a background in something that completely crosses over, that gives added value to the work that you're doing because you understand these other um, kind of pillars of, of how something works, right? And again, whether that be the elements of graphic design and how they really lend themselves to understanding layout and kind of the structure of a print design and how to make something visually appealing. Or if your your background is in fashion design, then you understand the needs of the print from the fashion designer's perspective, which is key as well. If you have a merchandising background, if you have a sales background, if you have a color theory background, like maybe after being a color specialist at a trend forecasting company, you fell in love with print design and started your own studio or whatever the case may be. Maybe you were an illustrator who started doing conversational prints. Maybe you were a teacher who started doing conversational prints because you like the storytelling involved and you like creating things that your students would love. Whatever it is, as long as it works together, it supports each other, then you can include some sort of a timeline in your bio that supports you in moving forward in this field. I hope these 10 items have been really helpful to give you a little bit of clarity when it comes to writing a bio, or even if you already have one, to kind of go back, take a look at it, kind of edit it down, and see where maybe you can add in or take away that will make your bio a little bit more appealing to those who you share it with. And if you're like me, maybe you have a hard time kind of highlighting yourself or talking about yourself in this way. So it can be very helpful to hand it off to somebody you know, a friend, 
family member, a spouse, somebody who can take a look at it for you, give you some great feedback, or even somebody who can inject a couple things that maybe you didn't think of. Um, that can be really helpful as well as just having a second set of eyes on your bio before um, you start sending it out to art directors or studios or agents or even getting it up on your website. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you enjoy writing or rewriting your bio. See you next time. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Print Life Podcast. Are you ready to take control over the sales and marketing in your own design business, increase sales and attract dream clients? Head over to lesliekenahan.com forward slash membership and get on the wait list. Doors for the Print Life membership will be opening soon. See you there.